2: And welcome to the AEW Dynamite preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Dudley Boys of What Culture, Michael Hanfler and Michael Sidweek, here to look ahead to tonight's episode of AEW Dynamite. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review AEW Dynamite, but also AEW Rampage, Raw, SmackDown, NXT 2.0, oh! pay per views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a Doing a quiz, of course, on WrestleCoach. As I said, though, joined by Hamlet and Sidgwick to look ahead to AEW Dynamite tonight. But I suppose before we do that, Sidge, we have to, because of the unique way that the bank holidays fell and Hell in a Cell and illness and all this sort of stuff, we have to talk about the fallout from Rampage and the revelation that CM Punk is injured. Your reaction to this?
1: My reaction, I was too confused to feel sad about the heroic, <laughs> heroic returning babyface champion, truly getting the chance to be the a1 player none of this oh he's the best in the world but you know he can't headline paper views above john cena of course none of that bollocks he's been given the ball he's earned it and he's going to run with it all the rest of it i was just too confused to be sad that like this guy whose work i've greatly admired loved oh, greatly. in fact greatly um since his return i think it's been one of the better sports oriented stories that AEW was told he's obviously told it himself In effect, he's had this magical return full of just seminal, almost life-affirming moments. He's done some of his best career work, just been this wonderful thing. I couldn't feel sad because I'm just watching this thing. And is he actually vacating the title? Mm. Am I inferring that there's going to be an interim title? Because he's kind of saying it without saying it out loud. Chris Jericho's lost his mind. He's just saying a different (laughs) thing. Um, It's clarified. Is it clarified immediately after the break? Or oh, do the weight,
3: <laughs> the graphic, the the text on the amount of text on the graphic in the middle of a match given to its gallery as a job smacks of a lot of people panicking during an ad break, did not it? There was so yeah, much yeah. at the wrong time in the wrong place with like no focus given to the was it the Scorpio Sky match? Oh my god! What an <laughs> <you> afterthought <have> <laughs> that was! <laughs> like, <laughs> what <you> an <laughs> that, that was of an ad break
1: panic. Like Scorpio Sky's been waiting three years to work in California, and that's what he gets because. There's not enough communication. People have told us this. It's pretty evident um, from the nature of the shows, particularly the way this announcement was handled. And I think it was Trevor Dame who said, it's like a famous inspirational quote. I think it was Trevor Dame, like (laughs) Martin Luther King, but you know, Trevor Dame on Twitter, quite a notable account. He said, when you have to make an announcement about the status of your world title in between both calling moves in a high action mm. spotty match in addition to announcing matches for next week you should maybe think about calming your tits just <laughs> a little bit so i was honest like and again these things on twitter just spiral out because i said i'm inferring mega fans will forgive me because this tweet gives context to my take I'm inferring that Tanahashi's name wasn't mentioned, even though he had effectively become the number one contender to a wrestling world title, which is meant to be a big thing that you can't just go back on, because the storyline kind of means you have to. So I said, I'm inferring from this incredibly convoluted announcement that the only reason why Tanahashi's name wasn't mentioned yet is because Moxley versus Tanahashi has been teased for actually years at this point and they don't want to show their hand that Moxley's going to win. And then People like too complicated. Was it was it for you? <laughs> it's like, well, I <laughs> like it's not like a subtle facial expression that Wardlow had in the background in twenty twenty that I've missed. Like, they just they were all out of the shop. <laughs> they were all out of the shop. With this announcement, even Punk's come out and said, yeah, it could have been clearer. Jericho's come out and said, I said the completely wrong thing twice, and I apologize unreservedly for this. Excalibur, again, was calling the action in the main event at the same time as clarifying the status of the title. Jericho never said the word interim. Punk never said the word interim. Tanahashi's name was never mentioned, even though he was the number one contender 48 hours ago. Subsequent to that, even though he was the number one contender... He's now in an Eliminator with Hiroki Goto, who's completely underrated and undervalued, but he's not a main event talent. One of the reasons why he's completely um, underrated and undervalued is because Gedo, for years, abused how great he was in the role of B-level. I know Japan doesn't have that terminology, but it allows people to understand. B-level first pay-per-view main show. IWGP heavyweight title challenger. Go to Suzuki, or two of like go, uh, Ghettos just like picks for right, okay. Akada needs um, a good run, give him go. Um, right, Tana, give him go, or whatever. But we need someone to do 50 50 in the G1. Good so G1 maths guy. He's a great G1 yeah. mask. He's not someone I want to see headline the United Center. for The first ever New Japan 8, forbidden door. So that's convoluted. That's unnecessary, given that Tanahashi was the number one contender on Wednesday night. So the whole thing's been utterly botched. They could have realized, oh, hang on, this is all getting a bit complicated. Someone needs to have a word with Tony Khan and just say, right, okay, sometimes you're not the ultimate uber-genius. <laughs> that Enough people have convinced you at this point. Maybe I did in 2020, and it's my fault. But ultimately, <laughs> just listen to us now. More jaded, more wise.
2: i I'll just talk about my experience before your reaction to all this. So, um, like we say, long weekend. So uh, we're all a bit out of sync with stuff anyway. I didn't catch the MJF promo until like Friday or something and then was really enjoying that, obviously. And then um, I s- we spent the weekend with my nephews. And hot take here, guys. Um, children are exhausting. So come back from spending here, the weekend. Here yeah. it comes. Here yeah. it comes. <laughs> come back from spending the Lovely weekend, regardless. Yeah, that's the bit you have to say after
3: you've just said they're exhausting. Yeah. yeah.
2: Um, come back. <laughs> Sunday afternoon and uh, nap before our Hell in a Cell live stream, of course, and then whenever I do that, it's a necessary evil because otherwise I'm just exhausted and yawning and, you know, doing stupid stuff like putting jelly in my mouth on a live stream or something, right, but I wake up after that nap and I'm always the most confused version of myself I've ever been. Because I have no idea what day it is, what time it is, what I'm meant to be doing. Should I be awake? Should I be going back to sleep? Blah, 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 That's blah. why naps are bad. Yeah.
1: Mm. That feeling, the post-nap feeling is awful. It's horrible.
2: It's worse in winter as well when you wake up and it's dark and you just uh, you have no idea what's, what's going on. It's in summer,
1: here. so I don't know. Yeah.
2: So, <laughs> anyway, um, I wake up and I was like, oh, I better catch up on like stuff that's, that's gone on on uh, SmackDown and then I was, I was going to watch Rampage. And in the process... The YouTube algorithm just throws
1: up. Simon Gash. Bitch titties.
2: <laughs> <What? laughs> well, that and the uh, the AEW. What was CM Punk's heartbreaking announcement on Rampage? And I'm like, what's this? What's going on? Because I've been on social media or anything like that. I watched that. I don't think I ended up watching the whole Rampage until the after Helen and stuff. And I come into work and go, God, that was awful, it's, wasn't it, Hanfleet? And you go, and I go, what's, what's going to happen now? And you told it to me, and I was like let's He's like, we could have a battle royal tonight, and then the winner faces Moxley the same night, and then the winner of that faces the winner of Tanahashi and Goto, which goes down on Sunday. Am I right? thinking of Dominion? It's
1: Dominion, yeah. yeah.
2: So uh, it's just uh, 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 an overwhelming stream of information when he's telling me, let alone when Excalibur's yelling at you on Rampage.
1: Quickly, before Hamflat gives his thoughts, another thing that pissed me off, Twitter, is that once it was... <laughs> Once this completely staggered, botched, contradicted, delayed thing was finally sort of extrapolated, and then someone created this really neat graphic, yeah. right? <laughs> People have gone, subsequent to all of this, like it being clarified, let's go on, see. Not so confusing after all, was it? <laughs> well, it kinda was when I was watching it. People, Dickhead. People go like, well, I got it straight away.
3: Well then why did AW feel like it needed to do a two-page press release the next day? Which yeah, made it yeah. in, like about a thousand words. That oh you oh you got it, did you? Because like nobody that,
2: else did. That thing where someone's made a drawing of all the levels in Inception. <laughs> See, it's not that confusing. You just need this it's, sheet of information. It's it's
3: somewhat ironic, I suppose, that like CM Punk, one of my favourite wrestlers, has always practiced being straight edge because I caught up with these various news, these breaking developments, while completely pissed over the course of the weekend. like <laughs> There was a lot, drink responsibly, like I did not, over two nights where CM Punk's uh, surrendering of the title followed by the clarification news, bit similar to your situation there, Wilbon, where like I was kind of just checking the timeline at the end of the day, and it's always that thing on Twitter where you've, you're not seeing the news, you're seeing reactions to it or takes or whatever, and then you have to scroll around, like scrambling around the dark trying to find where the core of all this was. So this was Friday night, UK time, several hours before Rampage airs. I get in, haven't been drinking all day.
2: Was this the Jam Roly Poly beer?
3: Uh, I had, had a Jam Roly Poly beer. I hadn't showed you oh, this yet. I had a in between in between pubs that we'd stop for a couple of minutes, wanted to get like a coffee and a snack, and it was one of them like fancy places that also sells like nice beers in a fridge. All oh, right. So on. I got a Jam Roly Poly Aunt Bessie's um, beer. I did see this. You yes,
2: needed think. a, you know, beer between pubs, as you do. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I get in on the Friday nights. So this is before Rampage's aired and before something else important. And I'm just, what I do and I'm pissed drunk apparently is just get online and defend CM Punk against nothing in particular because <laughs> I put out this like Twitter and I've been like everybody needs to shut up about CM Punk <laughs> like I'm fighting nobody like maybe I was thinking about the botch in the Hangman Page match and the, the six man hadn't gone down so well on Rampage I was like eh, shut up CM Punk's the best he wasn't even here a year ago check yourselves and then like I stayed on Twitter, like, you know, just to sort of see if the people I was punching that weren't even punching back were furious about it. And then the new, he says, I'm going to make a big announcement about a career. And I was like, uh, I just put that because... I was like, what do you know, Hanfla? I was like, nothing, I j- I'm just drunk and I love him. Like, what? I don't know what he's going to say. And I tried to stay awake to Rampage and fell asleep. So I had the same <laughs> thing the very next day, trying to catch up on what it looked like on Rampage, followed by their first attempts to clarify it. And then, obviously, the eventual news break. And it was annoying seeing a bunch of, like... When you just search the hashtag or you just search CM Punk, or whatever, seeing so many tweets being like, like, dude, <laughs> I don't care what the problem is, guys. Well, AEW,
1: avatar picture. I think a bunch of other people <laughs> do. So maybe give them the benefit of the doubt this time. Sort of, those, it's like you got a car seat, right? And uh, the chassis is like in the other room, right? And uh, the engine is like upstairs, and you just got a steering wheel. <laughs> like, I can't drive this car, mate. Just can't drive it, right? The mechanic comes and puts it together. Someone else just goes. <laughs> 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 it's, it's it's, that, why can't like, you do that? that
2: like the like, parts weren't together. <laughs> it's like looking back now, going, "See, guys, TNA's reverse battle royal was just so obvious <laughs> from the beginning." <laughs> I
3: don't, as well, I, like it's the, the Tony Khan point is a really important one because it's wh- what we're going to talk about in the preview, obviously the matches and where we're, now everybody knows actually the order of things. That is one thing, right? There's a lot to this, more than there should be. Um, but it's okay for a company that has been hit with something by surprise to have to scramble to make a decision. But I could have just waited. don't scramble. Like, tease. Like, Punk's world title situation addressed tonight in Dynamite. There's a hook for the show. Yep. Then you use that to sell next week's Dynamite. Or you set in motion a series of events where Moxley isn't fighting somebody tonight who's in a disadvantaged position because they've already waited, etc. All the various little small problems with this situation could have actually been staggered to your benefit,
1: you and yet three you three dynamites
2: s- before at the door. You
3: could
1: have made that like a the th- New Japan thing complicates things because yes, they it obviously does. need a match for Dominion. I'll give them some goddamn credit. But you have da 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 winner fights. By that point, you just say it. Yeah,
3: Tanahashi, don't you like the, from the AW end of things? They could have told like a little three week story, which effectively would have played as a mini tournament, wouldn't it? Terrible news reveal of what we're going to do: Battle Royal week, Moxley week, and then you've got that. That's like your big go home thing. Who's going to fight Tanahashi for the big? Built on Sunday, you know, and there's your there's your thing. So yeah, I don't like it's interim
1: titles either. But the worst thing about the TNT thing of earlier this year is that they've established a precedent now. Because if you were to turn around and say, right, okay, he's only away for two or three months. We don't want to strip of the title because it's a it's a great match title unification. But we need something for Forbidden Door, so let's do the interim title. They couldn't not do that mm. because it just. It frames the TNT title as this thing that you can just dick around with, with interim things and make it up as you go along. You can't, because this is not the make it up as you go along. So they've established a precedent that could bite them in the arse. And for me, it's bit them on the arse here. I don't like interim titles. Oh, but they happen in UFC in real sports. And you want it to be sports, don't you? You know what you should do, right? You should be fucking holes in the canvas, right? and they should get golf balls. <laughs> and they should get golf clubs, right? And they should um, put the balls in, and that could be a match. It happens in real sports, guys. <laughs> it's a golf match. That's what they should do, because it happens in real sports. Oh, you know, the ranking system in AEW is genuinely like a really sort of, at this point, failed concept, and it's really not nice to have thought, you know what, you could have G1 Buchan all year long. Mathematical permutations. It's nowhere near as dry as anyone thinks. Anyone who's lived through the peak... Halcyon days of the modern G1 Climax tournament, knows that rankings, wins and losses, and can this person win on that week? This drives fantasy football. It's actually a big thing. They've squandered this incredibly potentially lucrative concept. Think of the uh, 2020 um, full gear thing where it was the gauntlet match between the number one, two, three, four ranked and I would dovetailed with Hangman Page betraying them and them thinking they're not going to do FTR on the books on the same night and oh my god they didn't, the fact that they didn't makes me realise how much I want to pay for that because they can't do that on TV, I mean, perfect well, the ranking system in that world tag team title division when Kenny Omega was involved in it but now the rankings aren't good I don't think the rankings are used very well eh dickhead they've got rankings in UFC, alright let's play Frisbee <laughs> also, that's a sport. Uh, it happens in real sport. Yeah, things that happen in real sport are bad, right? Also,
2: it's like—I uh, don't get me wrong—I'd be the first person to say like, like
1: stupid people. Yeah,
2: I, I'm. I'm. I'm scared. Let's to go take near, the
1: bad things from sport. No, <laughs>
2: I'm scared to go to. Let's the take the, uh,
1: comp- the competition element. That works because
2: I was front and center when they announced this interim title, and I was like, "This is genius." They use this in UFC. It's a really good idea. And then what happened happened. And I'm mm. scared about going near it again, because uh, I think, I still, I still hold out some hope that I think it does work. But that argument doesn't, your, your uh, fake UFC fan argument there doesn't hold water. When people go, oh, well, there's rankings in UFC. Yeah, but also when George St. Pierre came back, they just went, uh, yeah, you're straight in for a title match. Yeah, so it doesn't so matter. They,
1: what I'm saying is like they use the rankings as poorly as AEW. And when people say, oh, well, UFC mm. use the rankings poorly, well, they shouldn't do that either. Yeah. Yeah, they shouldn't do that either, realistically. You know what? I was really looking forward to Blood and Guts, because um, I thought um, Anarchy in the Arena was great. You know what we should do? Because it's real sport, you just play 5 sides. side <laughs> that's a real sport. That's how it works, isn't it? That's how it works. The your company should be allowed to come in for criticism when it deserves to be criticised, and this botch job deserves a it criticism. got
2: a better idea now with your initial first suggestion. Putts and guts.
1: Blood and putts, you and put. I know. I'll set you up there.
2: There you go. The <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's
1: what you did on purpose. There you go.
2: The, <laughs> uh... Yeah. It's you know
3: it's when we criticize WWE typically the wrestlers get no grief, the writers get a little bit. But it's like wh- who would want that job? It's Vince McMahon's company. It's Vince McMahon's vision. It's a, increasingly I think it's worth. It's very easy to direct all this criticism towards Tony Khan because uh, all of this feels incredibly in his image, doesn't it? it? Feels very much on brand. He did a Rankin's explanation Twitter thread where he was like, it was just word soup. It was like, well, because uh, somebody like. You know, said, Moxie well, was number four, the, yeah. which adds to the so compromise. Like Moxie was number four, wasn't order number one. Anthony Gogo's doing pretty well. And he was like, Yeah, uh, Anthony Gogo's not beat proper stars. And it was like, Whoa, hold on a second. So, like, <laughs> let's go back through it. So, like, he's got another couple of tweets to try and fix it. It's just all very him. It's like, in, just because something makes sense in his mind, and his mind goes 100 million miles an hour, this, it's like, not that people want it to be thick. There's obviously, you know, this is always the point. We're always just calling for compromise here. It's just like normalise it, make it feel a bit more, um, like, steady away, rather than to be this sort of 100 mile an hour, right, it's the same, you know, you can apply this to the Excalibur auctioneer delivery of the matches every week, because what that represents is not that just they're trying to book cool stuff, it's not the cool stuff that they're showing on a graphic we have a problem with, it's the idea that nowt has any time to breathe, and nowt means out, because there's so much stuff happening. To such an extent that, forbidden door of all the shows, Sidgwick's right, the TNT title meant, like, established precedent, you've got to do this now, that's, it could happen with tags, it could happen with the women's, whatever. There's precedence for this. But of all the shows that, if you really think about it, didn't need a world title match. It was Forbidden Door. They've actually dropped lucky in that respect. You've mentioned this before, Cedric, so like there'll be this art, this tease of like Urishi uh, or something's going to be on Dynamite next week. Everybody's really excited. Then it, it's kind of just like a bit of a wet-ended six-man. You're like, yeah, it's fine. It's like there's actual quite a lot of like political machinations going on when you use a New Japan person because two bookers have got to agree, people have got to be presented a certain way. Forbidden Door in that respect is probably quite a headache. A lot of sitting down, a lot of thrashed out meetings, blah blah blah. Imagine just like lifting a world title problem out. Imagine just being like, "Well, this has happened." Tony Khan just stopping for a second could be like, "We've lost Punk Tanahashi. That was a big match. That is a shame." We've also lost the problem of negotiating, like a champion getting pinned, or you know, it was that, already
1: negotiated. That,
3: like, that kind of stuff. I just sort of think like there. It's again. It's. Everybody, injuries happen in wrestling, and they're one of the only times where everybody, including the wrestler, have to take a step back from the from the grind of all of this. Booker's included. Everybody's constantly, constantly going. Nobody stops, which is why they don't sometimes think like the audience would, because we actually can take a breather from this of a night, and they, don't, they just live it. And I just there's so much of this that feels like they're in it, so they just sort of assume... Well, it doesn't matter the ride's going 300 miles an hour. Everybody will hang on. Everybody will cling on.
2: Yeah, you could have a really easy bit of booking as well. And I I don't know what the future plans are with him. But just jumping off the back of that, if you go, take a step back, right, we're not going to do Tanahashi versus Punk for the World title because we can't. And I realise, yes, obviously stuff's been planned and, and booked in advance. But you have Punk come out and go, uh, the wheels not falling off, but the wheels broken. And I need to go off and get surgery, so unfortunately, I can't fight.
3: Well, what bone's
1: injured and how long you're out for? And what's yeah. the status of the title? <laughs> yeah. For God's sake,
3: he's saying wheels because wrestling's F one. That's what it is. It's a sport. God damn <laughs> doing well on Netflix at the
1: moment. Well, here, so it's like
2: surely the open goal there is. Oh, I can't wrestle. I'm injured, but I'm I'm not gonna um, you know step back. I'm not. He's gonna, trying to be clever. I'm not gonna uh, <sighs> you know, vacate the world title. Hangman Page comes out and goes, this is exactly what I was saying that was going to happen if you come over and you have Page versus Tanahashi. Uh, quite like to see that as well. Well,
3: that brings us to a bit of... Well, yeah. That, if that's a segue, if you don't mind. I said this to you uh, in the office the other day, I think it was. Like, if, if this is real and we review this and analyse it as if it's real, Hangman Page today gets to work. Tony, Let me uh, in. oh sorry, I, can, <laughs> I can't help noticing that you've got uh, a battle royal. I'd really like to be in that. Like, it's a huge opportunity for me to get back to where I need to be. Got a lot of points I want to prove against CM Punk. Now I really need you for the David Finley match. Yeah, I get that. I, I get it. Like, can I just do the battle royal and say Could we do David Finley next week? No, I don't think so. Oh, is it just because like where I'm? At, like, I'd lost to CM Punk, but before that, I was kind of the undefeated world champion, and I'd gone on a pretty amazing winning streak before that. So rankings-wise, like there must be a pretty amazing field of wrestlers getting in. I uh, know one of the ass boys
1: is in the slot. What? I'd say it's going to be ass boys. <laughs> JD Dre. <laughs> like it's just, it's just like if this is real, like maybe,
3: and like this could be a pitch, maybe he does, but I'm assuming the battle roll is going to open, so this probably can't work. But like, Hangman Page might want to work both. And then he said, oh, I'll work both then. I can't do that. Like, need you fresh for the David Finley match. Is this for a rankings thing? Yeah, 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 yeah. You'll do really well in the rankings. Well, where will it be if I win?
1: Uh, number three. What's so a one place above John Moxley? It's just like... <laughs> Needs This will never happen, but like if you just took a month off, just took the week, my ties, margaritas, right? Just have a week. Just do nothing. Just do nothing, right? And then you'll get really energized to do things again. Look at everything you've done for the six months. Read and listen to every bit of criticism. And if there's enough of it, there's obviously some problem areas. Remember where all your storylines have been, who's connected with who, who's associated with who, all the rest of it make sense of your rankings and then book the next six months of tv because when you did that originally when you didn't have a tv show to book week to week the grand plan you'll never imitate that
0: one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes nice dress uh it's a it's a t-shirt until you tried it on same goes for your health care
2: Let's start with well. Where do you want to start? I start suppose. with the
1: battle royal. Let's yeah. start
2: with the battle royal. I've just read who is heading to Forbidden Door, but like you said, we've got to, it's a two part of this, uh, and we we could play a game as well if you want uh, chuck a chuck of bollocks to it. I mean, Tony totally can't book in this podcast now. Apparently, yeah, <laughs> chuck a chuck of gaming if you want. Uh, who wants to start this off? Because there's a battle royal. We don't. I'm right. thing we don't know who's in it. The battle royal. There's, there's I've names. That this. Have, there's people have put themselves forward. Serpentico <clears throat> said, "Can I be in the battle royal, boss?" So there's one. <laughs> But we don't know exactly what we know. Battle Royal, like you say, presumably to open, and then main event winner of Battle Royal. He's already had a match versus John Moxley, <laughs> fresh as you like, <laughs> Babyface.
1: Sige, please take it away. You can't correct at, at this point the issue that John Moxley, Babyface, is like going to fight someone weakened. It's got a little bit of the air of the enterprising, conspiring, cheeky, babyface, money in the bank, briefcase holder. John Cena, Rey Mysterio for me. Can I have a shot tonight? Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> babyface. Okay. John, John Cena
3: wins at the end.
2: <laughs> <laughs> So my favorite is no. when he, he hugs him and then lets him go and Ravis Dura collapses and like. anyway, gathering. out of the ring. <laughs> uh, here, comes, here
1: comes CM Punk. <laughs> so it's got a bit of that. Oh, I resent every single babyface Money in the Bank briefcase holder even though someone like Big E, I never want to resent my whole yeah. life. But I did because, you know, it's the way they do it. So there's a little air of that which I don't like. So you can't get rid of that problem so I'm just trying to think of how to, no one will ever think worse of Moxley so he's the best person imaginable for this particular role not named Eddie Kingston. Um, but my idea, because this performer still has lots they can achieve, this performer has been kind of booked into the abyss of late, and this performer is someone that I think a lot of people could go without seeing for like two or three months, which makes, uh, ironically, this pitch, informs this pitch. I think it should be Sammy Guevara. Sammy Guevara, right, has got this stink on him. As Hamlet has coined it, the AEW stink, where it's like, right, you've been booked into oblivion. It hasn't worked for, out for you at all, and it hasn't for quite some time. You've kind of failed as both a baby face and a heel, which is incredibly suboptimal, considering if you fail on one rule, the natural thing is to swing over to the other, and you can have a renewed lease of life and do something more interesting or whatever. Something of our badly needs to be disassociated from the last... This guy had one of the career highlights of anyone's career with that ladder match over Cody. It was like, Jesus Christ, that yeah. was one of the best things on television in American history in wrestling. And look where he is now. So to disassociate Sammy Guevara from the last two, three, four months of his entire career, have him win this battle royale, cut a promo as well, register the victory, promise to win again. And then, because he's so good at bumping, he's so good at being a sparmy little tosser, <laughs> That John Moxley can kill him, and it'll be really entertaining. And you get Sammy Guevara, who's incredible at battle royals, who could be incredible in this one, jumping about the place, evading eliminations, being incredibly smug when he eliminates people. Like he could steal a battle royal. He's done it before, um, with Jungle Boy, and during the pandemic, and then his interference in the first one they ever did on Dynamite, anyway. Um, and then John Moxley can kill him. Just absolutely kill him. And depending on the crowd response, they can really reassess where Sammy Guevara goes from here. Cause it's, it's plain as day that there's no evident long term direction for him because they've just flip-flopped him around and just everyone's happy to be done with it. So I think to put a little bit of because it's gonna be John Moxley and John Moxley's super over forevermore. The whole idea of the Battle Royal should be to get someone over, and there are a few people who badly need resuscitating <laughs> right now than Sammy Guevara. And because people kind of are sick of him. The anxiety of our oh, not Sammy will really drive the drama.
3: I really like that pitch, and especially because it ends with the Moxley win, it recovers what informs mine, which is I am so stressed about somebody holding that world title when it isn't theirs. That's the other side of the interim world title. I could tolerate it with a TNT title, let's say. Like, whether we want it to be or not, it's a, it's a mid-card title, right? That AEW title is. Like one of the most prestigious in pro wrestling at the moment and the way it's been held, defended, protected, etc, etc even though it's only three years old it matters, it really matters and people like Phil pitched an Eddie Kingston heartbreak reign because he becomes the interim champion he's got a little asterisk bite and he never wins it for real and like that's as close as he ever gets to get to it and I, I get that with a character like Kingston but even then, it's my belief and this is something that is long dead in WWE, maybe apart from in Wrestlemania season but people will pay If if you've pitched X versus the world champion, and X CM Punk, perfect example, is your favorite wrestler, right, and he's fighting for the title, you'll pay for the idea that your guy might hold the belt at the end of the main event. And if you're letting somebody do that with an interim level, that's gone forever. So you see the likes of your Kingstons and your Miros pitched, and they're all great as theoretical interim champions. I'm so stressed about that happening and ruining those prospective moments, these potential... MJF is another one, obviously, because of other stuff going on. I just... It bothers me so much that it's an interim title. And then the final title fight is like a belt for belt thing. No, when they get it, it should be a good one. For that reason, I'm pitching Chris Jericho. He would be the safest pair of hands in terms of he's held that belt before, but he could be the only member of the JS that enters, and then they all help him cheat to win. And then he cheats uproariously in the main event against Moxley, who tries not to use the Blackpool combat because they're baby faces, you know, they they will attack when triggered to attack, they won't attack first. But because, obviously, they're in this program, they're setting up blood and guts, it becomes this sort of... Road rages next week. Yeah, it becomes this chaos main event where you kind of fold in that story into that main event. And by the time Moxley's won, it doesn't feel like he's fought the guy that's already fought. He's fought the guy that's cheated to win in the Battle Royal and has tried to cheat in the main event. And Jericho and Moxley being presented as the main event, the first two AEW World Champions, compete to be the interim champion and keep that belt One for Punk. Again, it just sort of, like, it freezes out any possibility of... Of somebody else getting it, that I just, it's a personal thing. I really don't want to, it's again, secondary titles are one thing. I do not want to see that
2: title around somebody's waist when it's not yet theirs.
3: Like the belt matters to me in that respect.
2: It's a really good, really good pick. I mean, I I genuinely can't call this, obviously, and none of us can give a definitive, you know, Hangman Page, as you mentioned.
3: Same reasons I would say you could do Page, it's more awkward because of the Finley match.
2: MJF is, you know, isn't this weird. It might work in the storyline as well because he's been removed from the promotional material, but then he's potentially interim champion, and there's that hanging over him. And and you know, Miro was a name who popped. I didn't I hadn't seen many people suggest Miro, and I'd forgot that he could be someone who could until I remembered. Obviously, he returned on last week's Dynamite, and I love the idea of Miro versus Moxley. Mm. He's a mouth-watering prospect. I ju- and he's a but bumblee- then you got beaten, beat him, potentially. Exactly. That's my uh, that's the other side of it all. So, instead, we just go on the roster page and just pick a number between one and four.
1: I want it to be Sammy for the reasons I, I outlined. I actually think they'll give it Joe who will lose to Marks. So,
2: yeah. oh, okay. Hamford, uh, do you want to go first? Go on, uh, I'm scrolling through the AW roster page. You need to tell me to stop. stop and give me a number between one and four. I can see, you can see this. Pick a number between one of them. The top This role? one here. All right, okay. One. Okay, okay. You can probably guess it. This might be. If you'd have said four, uh-huh. it'd have been Daddy Magic. Right, yeah. If you said three, it'd have been Matt Jackson. If you'd have said two, it'd have been Matt Hardy. Right. If you said one, it means it's Mark Quinn, of private party.
3: It's that, again, Hangman Page at Tony. Mark Quinn's in the Battle Royal, Tony, and I can't get it. It's
2: like, uh... Right, I'll turn my head. Okay. And I am scrolling again. Tell me when to stop. Picking on between one stop. and Stop. Okay. One and four. Three. You're not going to like this.
1: <laughs> if I'd gone for one.
3: Oh, brother.
2: <laughs> <laughs> if you'd gone one for one, you'd have got the butcher. If you'd have gone for two, you'd have had Tony niece and his tiny knees. If you'd have gone for four, You'd have had Wardlow, but you went for three, which means. Trend. Trend Beretta. Go in the ring.
1: Uh, weird dickhead I'll vibe. You know, i <laughs> not looking. Stop. Okay, I'll. Go Go again.
2: Okay. Stop. Is that all right? Yeah. More than all right. Three. <laughs> well.
1: Well.
3: <laughs> looks like it has been enough CM Punk. <laughs> Looks like, looks like it was worth the money. They weren't
1: paying MJF <laughs> after all.
2: Um, but you, just to clarify here, are we thinking that Moxley wins almost regardless who wins, wins the battle royale? Yeah, he's not in
1: that to lose at all. Hope so.
2: Right. well, now that's thought sorted. Hang my page versus David Finlay.
1: They can't, like, <laughs> turn around and say, oh, because Hamflot was being facetious but making a good point, right? Hammond Page, I don't think, would have been in this had he not been announced to be working Finlay yet. If it was one of their, like, if, if this was the match that they waited two days to announce instead of doing in advance, Page isn't going to be in this match. There, are, It's not going to be like the 1992 Royal Rumble, which AEW could do with its roster. It's not going to be that because there are people that you don't want to see lose. Mm-hmm. It's just a Tony Khan book of principle. So you're going to get Luther, Serpentico, Butcher, Blade. Uh, Dante Martin, and you're going to get like... Th- Tommy Dreamer, AC Romero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Glacier>. <laughs> Um, You're going to get like three probable winners. Um, So that's why Paige isn't in the match. So this match, I suppose it does nothing if not highlight that oh, shouldn't Paige be in it because he's in the building. He's in his gear. He's wrestling probably 20 minutes later. Look, I think I know who's going to win this match. It should bang. Yeah. Give it that. Give it the old uh cynical twenty nineteen NXT take. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna bang. It is gonna bang. Like Finley's might surprise me, Luster to fight. Lust to fight. gonna say more, but that's the that's the most Irish I'll ever be. Should we should I speak more Irish and see what the accent turns Absolutely. into? Absolutely. Luster to fight. Deemed with uh, Juice Robinson. You <laughs> <laughs> went he go to New Zealand. Juice Robinson because of juice. Went to be Antipodean for Juice himself. It's kind accent.
3: I I find this match like strangely unappealing as yet another like I'm I'm sure it will be pretty good. Um, it's got like early. It's not even got early rounds G1. It's got. G one pre show matches, yeah, like yeah, pre show yeah. tag about it probably you know,
1: haven't on those exact shows. Yeah,
3: like where the wrestlers aren't fighting in a in an actual block match, so they uh, do something on the undercard. That just good
1: tags together, loads these lads. It's just like
3: I don't know. It's I I am really excited about um, Forbidden Door on a phenomenal level, but I just need to be shown a little bit more that they can actually assemble this show. Like if this is if the ambition of it was perhaps, I don't want, I'm not, this is, I'm not campaigning for a dreadful thread where, like, mirror opponents fight each other because they've got slightly similar gear. I just, like, I, I don't know, this is not leaping off the page at me yet. Did you see
1: what Dave Meltzer was forced to retract? <laughs> no. Oh, no. That's, that's a great sentence, by the way. Do you want a potential spoiler for Forbidden Door? Yeah, do we want to give, is this a spoiler warning for listeners? If they yeah, yeah, want, yeah, skip ahead a minute. A touch Grace, one of the two. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um... So, I think it was either on Observer Radio or the newsletter. with a subsequent redaction. <laughs> know, that's what happened. I don't know why I, didn't know why I said that. It's a moment of madness. But yeah, I know why I said it. It's, uh, just, cause I just knew it, but I wasn't allowed to say anything. Uh, Page versus a Carter for the IWGP. Everywhere title is mooted for Forbidden Door. Oh, my God. Like, yeah. Oh, my God. Like, yeah oh, my I've They've actually had, had a match for one. It wasn't that great. But i Page is so much better than he was. No, my Yeah. In oh, <laughs> Uh, So, apparently, that was internally listed. Ring, ring, ring. God damn it, Dave. (laughs) God damn it. Hang on. I wasn't ready to announce that, Dave. I was going to announce it. No, Dave! So, Dave was was forced to then say, um, don't know why I said that. (laughs) Absolutely not the case. Not happening at all. And basically... Everything on Dynamite, contrary to Eric Bichoff, <laughs> 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 happens episodically <laughs> to an extent. As I've said one million times, that can feel a little bit contrived of anything. Give me some fixtures. Yeah. Mm. Without any narratives or beatdowns or schmozzers. So because nothing's really going to happen here, there's a clue that the guys from New Japan, I think, coin drop tonight. Yeah. Coin drop tonight. Good shout. Carter comes out. Big stare down. I don't know what the New Japan schedule's like. Someone's going to correct us who's more up to date.
3: Do you know what? That is such a lovely mirroring thing as well, either unintentional or otherwise. So Tanner, the old ace, comes out and challenges Punk. Punk, the old guy that is doing what Paige said and can't actually keep up, gets himself injured. And then Tanner's replacement... Okada comes out the challenge page. The guy that said punk gun go yeah, the exact yeah. same way. There's a nice mirror. I like of, that. Two yeah. sides of that. Yeah. He's probably he's getting,
1: in. He's probably busy. But <laughs> they could do a video. They could do a video. Yeah.
3: Oh you would need. That. You would only need the video of the coin drop, wouldn't you? And yeah. I'll see you at the Forbidden Door or something. That would yeah. be effective enough.
1: Or well. like lights out, and then like a dollar bill, like in the darkness, waddles down the ramp but then just it's on the <laughs> canvas.
3: It, <laughs> drops, it, drops def- it drops. delicately into a pint. Hang on, page drinking this beer. What? So there's a dollar
2: that dropped into it. To
1: <laughs> I don't want to take the piss out of this, but just get a bit better. Yes. (laughs)
2: Um, Obviously, right, moving on from all the the difficulties in the uh, the, uh, men's world title picture, to all the difficulties in the women's uh, world title picture, (laughs) because we got an exclusive uh, last week from Thunder Rosa saying that she was unhappy with AEW, or a report saying that she was unhappy with AEW, um, because she was inexplicably, after a really enjoyable match at Double or Nothing, completely missed from AEW Dynamite. And it's understandable that she is annoyed. There was claims about COVID and stuff like that, but am I right in thinking that wasn't the case? So,
3: COVID was true, I think. Or, or, or an illness. Or an illness. But it was very much, like, both were true, ultimately. Yeah. That's the simplest way to say this. Both were true. Um, and
1: Fightful, I think Fightful, or Peter, one of the very reputable news um, companies of since sort of second sourced it, if you like, it said, no, no, no backed us up. Not to, like, you know,
3: bang the table for the brand or anything, but, like, what culture, we don't break news often, and I'm not speaking for anyone that did break it, but hypothetically, when something gets broken, it's probably true. Yeah. You know, so, like, there was a, you know, it was one of the things that I was glad that Fightful kind of did that, I guess, because they're more... I think the, it was Fightful. I think it was, yeah, yeah. Like, they're more in the industry of doing this sort of thing than we would be and typically it, so in this business.
1: It's... Different things in this
3: business. People it's, it, it's valid. Even if she was off... The well,
2: coach, you bring some news. Ain't heard that for a long old time.
3: <laughs> then again, I don't get down the newsstands much anymore. So they, they're all closing down. This one too far away from my house. Got to get a news.
1: All on. the big
2: conglomerates taking all the news.
3: Why well,
1: when those uh, little boys come i and throw them in my porch.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Uh What was I going to say? I oh, there was no um, there was no follow up of any description whatsoever and whether Thunder Rosa was ill and couldn't attend Dynamite or not. The the discussion, we're going to get onto this with MJF, I know, but the discussion of the execs and the size of the Dynamite, and that was obviously extremely helpful to put across the story they were trying to tell with MJF. However, it's kind of reflective in the worst ways that they didn't think to even drop like a video package. I was going to say the exact a, same a thing. A follow-through one. Like, Look
1: what our our AEW Women's Champion did and who she beat yeah. at the pay-per-view you had to pay Especially for, if wasn't she was this like, yeah.
3: represent her, especially if she's ill. If she can, you know, if they want to send her out and cut a promo and it doesn't go well, that's on the performer. But ultimately, if the, you know she's not going to be there, you have to go above and beyond, you know, to kind of make up for that in front of the people that you're supposed to be representing your champions in front of. So, you know, however like however that story, I guess, has come to light in the first place, I'm with her. It's 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 not on, but it's never been on. I, d- I don't know what the answers are.
2: Just baffling. That they didn't feature feature her whatsoever, and then
1: yeah, and then a women's match which has not been announced at the time of recording. Depending on what it is, uh, nine times out of ten, probably won't get a reaction, and it's because of stuff like this.
2: And they brought Athena in, and she's gone. I want the TBS championship, which is all well and good. Like you need someone to, to believably challenge Jay Cargill, mm. but it's just like. I mean, I get it that it, things have changed drastically in the men's title division in the last drastically. S- last seven <laughs> or so days. But like, I can't sit here and say, oh, you know, what's next for Thunder Rose Because, I mean, they've not given us any reason to even consider it.
3: I mean, and based on all the prior conversations we've had, can you look at the rankings for an opponent? Not particularly because that's not necessarily the way they do things. Um... Could you just set something up by somebody walking out on the ramp or winning a couple of matches? I would imagine what will happen tonight is that the singles women's match that they st- put in for the final quarter hour will feature somebody that they want Thunder Rosa to fight. So whether that be a TV feud or whatever, that person will win tonight's match. I don't know who, who these women are, but that person will win that match and then there's Thunder Rosa's next opponent and that's a towards it. And they'll say something on commentary about she's like, get well soon. She should probably watch him because there's a big win for, you know, Wrestler X tonight and it's super low effort in it. Yeah.
2: Uh, finally, Sij, what happens next with MJF? We haven't really had a chance to obviously talk about that. Ins- insanely good. And, uh, well, attention grabbing promo from last week, calling his boss of Mark asking to be fired. And then subsequently it being reported that, uh, Maxwell has been removed from promotional material and all that. It sense, it feels more of a, a, a work than a shoot than it certainly did around double or nothing. But I, I can't see where this goes next. I'm a little bit concerned, uh, naturally, with any, like, wrestler versus authority figure suggestion, even just a suggestion, particularly with AEW, because they've been so cut and dry with all this. But because it's MJF, you always feel he can probably make it work better than, than certain other people may be able to. But, yeah, what do you reckon about, about what he said last week and where we go from here?
1: I'm trying to keep... I'm going to try and keep my... Th- brief on this because it's worthy of a podcast discussion yes. unto itself Um I have no idea on earth where this is going where the line blurs into the other line it's just magnificent and that is what I want to dwell on how magnificent this is I'm gonna mm-hmm. try and keep it brief the thing with AEW right is that I think one of the reasons why well, I identified with it and loved it and fell in love with it and embraced it straight away. And wrote a book about it. And wrote a book about it, which you can order at Amazon. Becoming all elite, the rise of AEW um, is because it's a promotion for me, right? It is a promotion heavily geared towards, let's face it, white male millennials who grew up on a, in a certain time when things were a lot better for them, right? And it recaptures that which has been lost in the years since by a company that doesn't really care about professional wrestling anymore. And they've done, they've realized all those lost pipe dreams mostly to pretty much perfection. The tiles are prestigious again. The long-term storylines are great. And the in-ring action and the range of it's great. All the rest of it. I still get this creeping notion. And you see it through all the references. You can see it sometimes... Um, in like almost cosplay scenarios, masturbatory tribute matches. It feels very much like a, I don't know, it's it's stilted the word. I don't know. Between like how intricate the long-term storytelling is, how much it's very much indebted to a certain uh, time frame. I don't want to say it lacks its own identity, but it feels like something that's very controlled- and deliberate in terms of trying to capture so many people. And it doesn't really feel like, obviously organic feeling things happen within it because a lot of the promos, most of them in fact are unscripted. I'm really struggling to nail down something about AEW that this promo completely disrupted in a wild way. And I don't know what that is, but all I know is that MGS promo disrupted it it feels utterly chaotic. Yeah. Um, tell you what, I've predicted, I would say, 95% of AEW's match results, dead right. And I think we kind of all have. Mm-hmm. But the, uh, the true measure of its brilliance, and I've said this before, is its anti-Vince Russo energy in that it's not about who you think is going to win. It's who you think should win, because it's logical, and how much they can make you want that act to win. That's how it all should work. This is so unfamiliar terrain. It's so chaotic. It's so unpredictable. It's quite frankly so dangerous in terms of the trust of the boys and the locker room and the executives. And Like when MJF, and I watched it on Fight. I didn't watch it on like a dodgy feed from an American stream or anything like that. I heard the uncensored... F word, and it was the most electrifying thing because one, it was electrifying, and two, I generally thought of they put this on TBS. As it transpires, they didn't, but it just felt like, oh my God, they are in the shit. Or if they're not, they are so firmly in the pocket of Warner Media that the TV rights deal is going to be great and the future of the company secured, all the rest of it, because they're allowing them to do this on TV. It just feels like an actual disturbance an actual disruption. And I realize there's an irony to my incoherent thoughts because this is indebted to what came before because Brian Pillman, it obviously is. But at the same time, it's not cosplay Brian Pillman. What they've done somehow, I think, because I don't know if it's a work or a shoot or where it ends and begins, is that they've captured the energy, if not the story beats of what Pillman did in the 90s. This is incredible. I don't know if it's ill-advised, I don't care if it's ill-advised. <laughs> it just feels like a disruption to a very elegantly arranged, not artificial, but very deliberate order to the way that AEW does things. Um, it just feels like an actual disruption, and I think it's great.
3: I think this was the most, one of the more sophisticated versions of a thing that, in my guts, I don't like. So, like, it's, it's just, it's in my nature as a fan, not like this. Fingers getting burnt, basically. Like it's an obvious comparison, but the the uh, you know the, the CM Punk pipe bomb was what, what, what the pipe bomb was effective as it was, and it's of course appropriate that there's always going to be these comparisons of Jeff and Punk, and that's lovely legacy yeah. content as well. But that was disruptive in the same way, not because uh, Punk was positioning the company as a heel because the company had been a heel for a decade by that point, <laughs> yeah. right? but because it was a disruption that anyone could say anything within this heelish organisation, right? So that's not an issue that MJF had to worry about. People, you believe that these performers can do and say what they want because expression has been such a big part of AEW. So there's, what you were seeing Punk doing was like, I'm going to be the only guy that acts with freedom and like actual sort of feeling and emotion because you've watched it get squeezed out of all your favourites, but not me, not me. I'm different to all the rest in that respect. So the challenge with this one and the one that M. Jeff has absolutely risen to, because this was a phenomenal promo, wonderfully delivered. That guy, like, never misses a beat. He'd make an excellent podcaster, because he never <laughs> stumbles over his words. Like, he's just, it feels real, but his delivery was so perfect, and, like, you would you would buy it as a pro wrestling promo, too. It was both. And that's really hard to do when you're trying to make something feel real. Brian Pillman, to your situation, example, would intentionally just, like, let his mouth run, or just go off, and it would be really, like... Even the delivery of like his run-ins would be clunky. Like he would he would know where the camera was and try and stay half off it, for example, because he understood the impact of that kind of thing. And I just thought MJF performed this thing brilliantly. But that sense of disruption, I think, is, is too for me personally is too tied to the act of making AW the villain. Because it's one thing when MJF is the biggest heel in pro wrestling, right? So at least it's the heel saying it. That's a good start. It's a heel saying it. You're not supposed to take what he says as the truth. You're supposed to take it as his version of the truth. And you're going to want a guy to come out, as CM Punk did, in the building, and kind of like saying, no, this is not the case here. I've been in the, in the real trenches, and these are not the trenches. Get your head together, that sort of thing. Problem was, the more MJF spoke, the more people cheered. So the more people were cheering, the more that validated what he said. And if you're on camera, if you're on screen, maybe this speaks to what I don't know. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you saying it was dangerous. Maybe there's an element of that here. If you're watching a program where people are validating criticisms about the company through this character, Helo Babyface, I think that's too dangerous. Personally, I think that's a road that it's really hard to reverse back from. S- Scorpio Sky did it when it was the rankings. And they were put in a position where it's like, we've got to put the title on this guy, or at least give him as much like yesterday, because this is kind of embarrassing our ranking system. And they did it, right? And it's not turned out that great, but they did have to do it, because they kind of booked themselves into a corner with it. I just, it's, it's old wrestling fan of me. I was really impressed with the delivery of it. We've already, I think they I think, I, I will say this, I actually am a bit less interested in the whole thing now, because I think it's a work. Like, it's made me reflect on all of it and be like, ah, oh, they got me, that was amazing. Like, somebody bought a plane ticket, because they wanted the story out about the plane ticket, and it's informed this work, and it's a brilliant work. It's a really, really great work. It's so anti Vince Russo. Yeah. You put that. Oh out yeah, right yeah. Now. It's absolutely not that. It's super, super sophisticated. If, if, like, if, if I'm just going to say it was all a work, then I think it was all a work from when he no-showed the uh, meet, the meet like and yeah. greet, which again <laughs> is dangerous and dodgy because you're, you're playing with your audience expectations there. But ignoring all that, even if that was a shoot, and they made friends, like Punk signed the contract at Money in the Bank, all that like mythical stuff about like he still didn't know. What if, right, MJF, let's just pretend he made friends with Tony Khan ahead of Double or Nothing on the day. I was like, I'm going to go out there and do business for you on Wardlow. And now we've got this heat. This is how we can work. Maybe that's how it's happened, right? Even then, it's, it's just not the way I would have chose to do it to gamble on MJF saying all this stuff, XWE guys, Tony Khan's mark, AW blah, 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 and then risk the fans cheering it, which large parts they did.
1: I've got two more things before we wrap up because we've gone long. one. When I meant dangerous, I meant the staff and the wrestlers and the talent of AEW might not be able to trust a single word that comes out of Tony Khan's mouth in regards to anything. If this is all revealed to have been in a big, elaborate, sophisticated work, like does he mean what he says when he says, I'll get this much money or I'll get this push in six months? I can't take his word for it because he's lied to us all, the craft, the storyline. That's the danger. I don't yeah. think there's a danger in terms of turning the heel uh, company heel. I know me and Hamflip have been the low guys on it. Um, for the last, what I would say, a month and a half. But generally in arenas, everything's white hot over. Online, I would still say, I think the more more cynical Twitter users are starting to get a little bit annoyed by certain things. But I would say that the reception of the show is generally incredibly favourable, and we will continue to see evidence of that in the arenas, in the volume of those arenas, for the next however many months, right? Lastly, just in case... It all gets revealed what the story's been and books are written about it, if it ever gets to that mythical extent. I think the started maybe this is giving it too much credit, the second, because why would he say this? What sense does it make to make, to actually say this, right? All the execs are going to be at the LA Dynamite, all of the executives are going to be at this first LA Dynamite. Biggest Dynamite ever was canonized. Biggest was Dynamite the screen, ever. Yeah. We were all looking at the match graphic thing and this one for the execs. <laughs> Give the execs like a five-star dream match or whatever, or a title match for the execs. God, think of the fucking execs. <laughs> <laughs> damn it, so they don't have enough to be happy, happy with. Anyway, the second he started mentioning this, I didn't think anything of it other than, oh, that's cool. Yeah. And it's going to be a great show because they have to, for the execs. Has he been saying this whole time, oh, the execs are coming on there. have to double or nothing. We're really excited to have a party. And, you know, business is good, guys. Don't worry. The execs are coming. The one night where the execs are coming and we're thinking, oh, put, a bit, put a good cut on because we want to see this. We want to see a rights fee applied to this company and all the rest of it. Please put a good show on for the execs. Isn't it funny how MGF decides to say the F-bomb in front of the execs and the company feels a little bit like bad? In front of the execs and that's to make it more realistic. It's so the one thing we didn't <laughs> want to <laughs> happen. I was about to
3: say that, yeah. With Tyson and Austin came out this morning. Like the one of the magic moments is Vince screaming, at "Austin, you've, you've ruined, ruined it! it. You've, you've ruined, ruined it. it! It's not just a pull apart. It's the they've got a wrestler and got to think about when all of this is over." And that was like such an inspired detail, wasn't it? And I
1: think it's a similar thing here, where it's just no coincidence whatsoever to me that he's done this when the execs are here, and I'm pretty certain that Khan mentioned. All of this about the exec, so maybe I'm chasing a, a dead lead or a bad lead, but I'm sure he started saying the exec stuff well before the the yeah. meet and greet. Oh, absolutely! I just want to put it out there. No, he did. He summarized. definitely
3: did. Yeah. I remember in the week, like the whatever podcast he does, because he's foolish enough not to do this one busted open, is it? And then he did him. He did a pre. He did a pre show media scrum, like ran short in the post show one somehow, and yeah. he's talking
2: about him in that as well. So, would you have MJF appear on tonight's show?
3: No, nope. Nope.
1: persona non grata, not even mentioned this week. It, I don't think this episode in particular needs it either. It doesn't need it. And the second that you go, because they didn't announce it, they didn't sell it, what happened last week. The second they go, we got a recap of MGSing F on TV. It's like, all right, okay, this is definitely work. I know people are trending towards that direction now. Not a single mention of the man's name preserve the mystery.
3: I don't know how you arrive at this, and this is preview fodder for another day, but MJF has always, and it's really funny, it's just a funny character thing most of the time, has talked about like, how he kind of hates New Japan and doesn't hold it in any high regard, and he just ruins something at Forbidden Door. I think it'd be a, good, I yeah. think it'd be a great way to do that. He, has, he holds no
2: res- like, doesn't hold it in the respect and the honour that people do. I wouldn't have him appear on tonight's show for the exact reasons you said, but if he is going to do something, and maybe even he's going to cut a promo, despite the fact he's not allowed to or whatever, have him have a, a megaphone like Punk did. I mean, not get, only am I allowed to speak, but I just in case my mic gets cut off, I bought a I'm so sorry we're going long
3: here, but like you, this is so hard to get right because that's the biggest babyface you can do. Cody did that outside of Monday Night Raw when the Bullet Club invaded, and they become the biggest stars in Formula and formed the wrestling company off it. That's massive babyface stuff. And remember Wardlow, like running these things side by side has risks. He's got bigger to
2: issues. He's getting sued at the moment. Has like,
3: has, I right, Wardlow getting sued." And like nobody cares, and it was like just Sunday, just gone where he had his big moment. Like there are big risks attached to doing stuff like this. What well, MJ with a bit with the megaphone is like, it's an enormous babyface moment for that character, yeah. and that does more to like lean the
2: scales against AW and AW management in favor of a wrestler. Well, uh, let us know your thoughts, your predictions ahead of tonight's AEW Dynamite. It's going to be an eventful show one way or another. On Twitter, at WhatCultureWWE. Well, actually, you can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamflit at... Michael Hamflit. Follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilburn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE, as I said. Make sure you subscribe to WhatCultureWWE, wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, The NXT Uh, review uh, is available (laughs) right now. And our review of this show will be out as soon as it is is released tomorrow. So if you subscribe, it'll drop into your feed, yes, as soon as we release release it but for now this has been the aw dynamite preview my thanks to the Dudley boys thank you for joining us and we will see you soon